In the entertainment capital of the world, the world. Touchdown, Las Vegas. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Airs it out down the middle for Adams. Got it. Inside the 10. Devontae. Touchdown. What a play on fourth down. It's time to get your daily prescription. Prescription. From the doctor. Magnificent Monday, not manic. Today's magnificent. Well, at least for some of us, those of us that cashed winning tickets either at the betting counter or at the restaurant. We'll get into that today. Which I bring in our good friend Marco D'Angelo, the birthday boy. What's going on, my friend? You're wrong on so many levels. It's just fun. You catch every break in the world when it comes to a food bet. I, I give up. Wow. Does does that sound like a, a gracious loser over there? Does that sound like that? No, it, it sounds like somebody is complaining because they lost another food bet again. And this, this is what I have to deal with. I went into a guy and said, well, you know, yeah, just you had the right side. I didn't have the right side. <laughs> I had the wrong side. But no, it's like, oh, you know, it's going to tell me something happened in the game that just, uh, you know, precluded him from from winning a, a, a food bet. But, you know, that's not how I was really starting out the show today. But if you want to go there, we can. That's okay. You you just dying to rub it, and I I was talking, you know, I was talking some pretty good smack on Friday, and you know, and I realized we should play that back. I was thinking have a nunchuck play that back. I uh, I talked to him before the show. It's lost. The the tapes are lost. I don't know what happened. We had a malfunction. (laughs) They're gone. But also, I know you were at the. Allegiant Stadium covering the Raiders like you should be, and so you didn't get to watch the Philadelphia Dallas game. But it, it was not. I was keeping a close tabs on it. Oh, I'm sure you were. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you were because that was the game. You know that. So that was the the national game. Yeah, the only markets that that, that game was not being shown in <laughs> Las Vegas and New York. That's it. That's it. Everywhere else, everyone was watching it. Yep. And I'm sure you were watching it. I was at uh, one of my uh, favorite establishments. Uh, Did playing. you go to a Cowboys bar? Because since you had the Cowboys, no, I, I, you went through the, your Yellow Pages and found a Cowboys sports bar in Vegas. You'd be surrounded by all your I, Cowboy fans. I did fans. not, but there's actually one right down the street from us that I could have went to. Yes, okay. I, I did. I was I was playing poker. You yeah. Know, and as the, the game unfolded, the key sequence of the game where they got a touchdown that then was overturned and placed at the six inch line. Uh, that was fun. And then of course, whenever they did score a touchdown and went for two and he appeared to have the two, but he stepped out of, I mean, just everything that could go wrong could go wrong. And as you know, the personal text that I sent you as all of that was unfolding, uh, even the biggest bad beat of the day, uh, occurred at the poker table. So it was not a a fun five minute segment. For your birthday boy yesterday. So when you uh, are, are playing poker there and, and you get that bad beat or whatever for a big pot, uh, how, how do you contain yourself or do you <laughs> contain yourself? Because you're in public, you're you're table playing poker with everybody, and is that something that you felt like okay, I, you know, I've got this in hand. This is a stone cold winner because I'm not a big poker player. Uh, but I love watching rounders, as you know, no. uh, over and over again. Is, is this a, a Teddy KGB moment, or is this like something that is like, what's the percentage of of you losing that pot the way you lost it? Is, the you know how we, ESPN always says, oh, ninety three percent. You know, I I was sixty seven percent when we got the money in on the flop. Sixty seven. So the guy, uh, so the guy's calling on a draw. He's calling on a draw. And if you ever playing poker with me, okay, and you win a big pot. In a hand that you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I am very gracious. I tap the table is, is, you know, you do that. Is that the etiquette? That's the sign. You, know, you tap good. And then I say, yeah. 
well played. Now, what that translates to, I really can't say on the air, but you know, that's there's some sarcasm. You real meffer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then then when the guy you know sucks out and he's trying to justify. You know, I, why did I say, Hey, you know, it's your money. I want you to do that play every single time because if we play the hand a hundred times, it's math. I am going to win that 67 out of a hundred times. And that's all you can ask to do is get your money in with the best hand. But just like, you know, Dallas outgained Philadelphia, you know, out every every category there they had including wait 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 come come okay first of all you 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 can't do that about you know making excuses because you had a bad beat you you got to blame the Cowboys okay and let's go to this first of all the only reason they outgained them because they were playing from behind the entire game especially in the second half so you're gonna get all that garbage yards and Phillies is is playing the prevent defense but you go back to that and I saw it now and again I got uh. To get home in time, um, hopefully the Raiders aren't listening. That, uh, that, that, I, le- that I left the game in a certain, but the game was in hand, right? With the Raiders, it was in hand. So, and again, I wanted to get back and and see the end of that game because that was the big game. Uh, so, but kudos to Philly for for stopping the tight end as he catches it, uh, not getting in the end zone. All right. But then again, you've got to run the route into the end zone and Prescott's got to throw it into the end zone and not to the one yard line. And you do agree with that was the right call. He did not get in, right? No, I absolutely. He, he was stopped at the six. The minute they showed, okay. the, you know, seeing it live, I thought yeah. it was a touchdown. Yeah. First replay I right. saw, I can make that decision so in 10 you don't, seconds. You don't blame TC. You blame the, the Prescott and the ham and egg you know, receiver, and kudos to the referee for, for getting it right. Then you go to the backdoor touchdown, okay, uh, and then you go for two to cut it from five to three, which would make you very happy, I guess, because that would pushed. just be in a, been a push. It would have been there, a push. Go, and, you, and you would have said, well played. <laughs> okay, but here goes Prescott, and he's rolling around to the right side. He could have walked in the end zone, and he steps out of bounds. Out of bounds. He steps out of bounds. Now, whose fault is that? None other than and Dak his. Prescott was the turnover that they had. It was just yeah. well, like, give yeah. Philadelphia great. Be honest. When Dallas got the ball back mm-hmm. at the end of the game, yeah. and they moved down the field as quickly as they did, and I think there was like, what was there, twenty-one seconds left or something? Yeah. In when they got that last first down, and I'm at the table. I said, "All right, I said they've got four. They got four plays here." And the guys look at me. There's only 21, 21 or twenty-seven seconds. How are they going to have four plays? <laughs> I said, "Well, you're going to throw the ball into the end zone four times here. Yeah. Okay, you ha- you have no timeouts. You're not going to throw the ball in the right. middle of the field. Yeah. So you're going to get four plays. You know, yeah. I, I that's always fun playing when you're playing. You're talking football with, with these poker oh, ham yeah. and eggers. Yeah, that's, it, it, it's always fun. And this but, is why I don't understand. Why are you playing poker? It, the big game of the weekend. Why aren't you in a sports bar or at your house? Like I tried to say on Friday, why do you want to spend that time with those imbeciles playing poker while you got action on the game? Okay. Let's recap and go back to the opening of the show. Did yeah. you listen into your open? The yeah. only markets that did not have the Dallas game. Okay. But you could go to a sports bar. Yeah. Okay. That has the package or the sports book. Of the because uh, you're playing poker in a casino, why would you be playing poker in, in, instead of like in was, a, in a, in the sports? There was book. Three games at, in the the late session. Yeah. Okay. As I still refer to as the four o'clock games because I'm from the East uh, Coast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You've only been here twenty years, and you keep doing that. And but it'll always be. But that's the biggest game. It is, and I had it right in front of me. I had yeah. I, my poker table. But you had no sound. I had no sound. If I if you know, I don't need the sound all the time. I, I've watched enough football to know what's going on. I th- I think I, I think I can handle myself there. Mm. And if I really want sound, you know, I can use the tune in app and you know yeah. mirror the sound yeah. and you know put my ear yeah. you know buds in. Yeah, mm. so I got it covered. But you know, I like to socialize with people. No, I like to take their money. Let's yeah. be honest about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just it's one of those things. And the other and they had the Raider the. 
poker room had two TVs split. I mean, two games split on all the TVs. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared about Carolina right. playing at, at that time. Yeah. Neither did I. So yeah. it, it was, it was fun. I like to do that, but, uh, hey, give Philadelphia credit. They won the game. Mm-hmm. Dallas had their opportunities, mm-hmm. didn't connect when they needed to. And what are you going to do? Um, once again, you know, Philadelphia finds a way to win. And that's, that is the sign of a good team when you don't play your best game. And yet you, you still prevail. That's, that's how you win championships and, uh, kudos to them. So far, they have not had the Super Bowl loser you know, hangover jinx. I mean, that's something that's been real, you know, for the years. I mean, we, we do go right. against that and they've managed to dodge that, that bullet and they took care of Dallas. They did. And, uh, again, right when you think, you know, uh, that they may falter, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, comes up big and this team has been in some battles and they have, uh, battled from behind and they were behind in the first half of this game. But then, uh, that first drive of the second half where they took the lead, you know, 21 to 17, then they made it 28 to 17. There was no looking back. And again, I mean, I'm not saying this just because I, I, I won the bet and, and it was one of my best bets, but I, I really feel that Dallas is an easy handicap. I mean, they are great at home. They blow teams out at home, but on the road that again, you know, I don't know if it's nerves or whatever it is with Dak Prescott. Even though he played pretty well, but, but still, I mean, he made some, some bonehead mistakes, you know, yesterday on those two plays that we talk about. But, uh, again, I just, Dallas is not as good as Philadelphia on either side of the ball. And I thought it was a a low price, uh, of only laying three points with this. But, uh, I mean, I, I just like Philadelphia. I, I, and I just don't like Prescott. I don't like McCarthy. And, uh, and, and we've seen this time and time again with Dallas, not just this season, but in years past. It just, this team does not know how to win big games, especially on the road. I think that, you know, obviously I'm not the biggest fan of McCarthy. I don't think he called a bad game yesterday. I, I would give him probably an A minus on his play calling yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was fine with that. But, once again, my, when you need Dak the most in a big game, he doesn't make that that crucial play that we needed. Taking a sack right. late in the game there, yes, yep. you you can that cannot happen. You have to get rid of the football, and then they started having you know, then they just spiraled out out of control. A couple penalties made things tougher for them because if you're a Philadelphia fan, when they had the first down in the 20-some seconds left, you had to be worried as a Philadelphia fan because they they were there knocking on the door. Then they yeah. self-imploded. And here we go. I mean, Philadelphia, like so many teams, playing not to lose mm-hmm. instead of just keeping the, the pedal to the metal, which got them that 11-point lead, and they're playing against the clock. And then, you know, when you have that big third-down play – and when when Hertz can't can't even hand the ball off because to Swift because he runs in the backfield what to, against AJ Brown they collide and near fumble luckily the rookie offensive lineman you know uh, got the ball back for Philadelphia but that could have been disaster written all over it but I mean again how does that happen well because again you you are playing not to lose the nerves come up a little bit. And, uh, it's just, it's just crazy. And we, we, we saw that happen last night with the Cincinnati Buffalo, uh, down the stretch, uh, as well, too. So we'll, we'll get into all that, uh, today and recap, uh, a very, uh, glorious weekend, uh, at the betting counter and at the, uh, at the restaurants. We will talk all about that, but let's talk about the Raiders here. Uh, they did respond yesterday to the adversity. Uh, congratulations to the Raiders and Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach, as the Raiders rolled all over the Giants 32-6. And I'm going to give you credit on that one, Marco, because I could not decipher this game. I, I laid away from it. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But uh, the Raiders not only were were motivated, but uh, they played an exceptional game. They showed energy. They played with poise. Uh, they played with pace, which I really liked. A lot, of, uh, a little bit of a no huddle. And more importantly, mistake-free football. It's the first time this season the Raiders did not commit a turnover. First time that their quarterback did not throw an interception. And we know in six of the eight games that Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, started, um, you know, he threw an interception in every one of those games. And then even when Aiden O'Connell got the start against the Chargers, he committed a turnover. Yeah. First time, uh, they do not have a turnover or an interception. Uh, O'Connell wasn't great, but he was a good game manager. He was 16 for 25 with 209 yards, but kudos to the defense. Eight sacks, held the Giants to only 277 yards, three for 12 on third down, one for five on fourth down. Daniel Jones injured, 
out for the year with uh, uh, a torn Achilles. Uh, so, of course, Tommy DeVito had to come in. He's going to be, looks like, the quarterback for the rest of the way. But it just, uh, they had Saquon Barkley, and they had no one else. But this was uh, a a great game for the Raiders. It was against the Giants. But, again, I liked what they showed yesterday, and they won going away. Now, obviously, you got a better take on this than I do because I wasn't at Allegiant Stadium. What I saw from the TV screen is a team that had its swagger back, okay? And we talked about and I did, you know, Friday we talked about it in depth, you know, you and I, and even when Jay Corningay come on, you know, it's like, I like the Raiders here. I, You know, I end up using them as one of my Westgate uh, plays. I used it as a play for the clients, and obviously I bet the game yesterday. It's just such a powerful tool when, you know, you fire a coach, it's a wake-up call to the team. But in this instance, it was a double-edged sword because more and more as, as the week went on, you, you heard more stories of how bad it really was in that locker room compared to what we see you know, from the outside in some of the sound bites. We only get things in small doses. That team was happy, happy that Josh McDaniels was gone. Mm. Okay, now will that carry on the rest of the season? That's, you know, a debate for another day. But for that one day, that is one of the best angles there is, uh, I think in pro sports, mm. because it's also human nature. We know they didn't like him, but even if it's a coach that, you know, you were okay with, but got fired, you as a player, okay, the guy that head rolled was the head coach. You want to go out and play well because you want to say, hey, it, it wasn't us, you know, yeah. and they did that on both fronts. They played well. And you talked about um, the eight sacks. Max Crosby had three sacks. He, you know, was like a man possessed yesterday playing. And you could tell that the frustration of the first eight games of the season all came out yesterday on that field. Now, can you bottle that up? And keep that for the rest mm -hmm. of the season. And the only thing that kept me, like I said, going for a big play on the game, I used it as a small play, was I just wasn't sure about Aiden O'Connell. And he did, he did what he had to do. He, you know, they gave him the keys to the car and he didn't wreck the car. And this will carry over. And I'll tell you why, because this was a, a different culture. Things, we're kind of opened up. Like I kind of joked around last week talking about, okay, now it's, it's recess now. Okay. Now you get to go out outside and play and have fun. And what you're finding out is that they got to do things that Josh McDaniels would not allow them to do. All right. To again, you know, you have fun, have the extracurricular, you know, games and do those type of things, playing basketball, dominoes and that sort of thing. And, uh, where it was no nonsense. Uh, you know, for McDaniels, it was the Patriot way business only. And the first thing that Antonio Pierce wanted to do, he said, Hey, I want to loosen this up because that's the way most locker rooms are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Teams have fun. So yeah, they were actually playing for a head coach who was a former player that says, Hey, how come we're not doing this? How come we're not doing that? Well, because our boss, our former boss, Josh McDaniels would not allow us to do that. So now, Hey, Antonio Pierce, I'm in charge. We're gonna we're gonna do this, and that all was evident in the post game last night after the Raiders defeated the Giants thirty to six. Listen to what this locker room was like. Raiders! Hey, hey, hey! Like we talked about it, man. Blank sheet, new chapter. We write our own script. Write our own script, man. That's just one step, man. You guys know how this go. But more importantly, man, this is about us. This is about you. You guys made up your minds what we was going to do, and we did it. Exactly what the we said, and then we did it. Hey, man, I know the coaches, the whole organization, the whole building is proud of us. But more importantly, I'm happy for you guys. That was rough the last two weeks. Biggest window? The front window. And guess what? Every door we go into, we're kicking that from now on. But no Thanks about it, man. Hey, man. You know what this time is? I'll see you. Wednesday! Antonio Pierce. Now, two things were happening there. One is that he, he referenced the blank sheet of paper. 
So the first thing he did on Wednesday morning, he got the team together and he handed out blank pieces of paper and given pens and said, put on here what you want accomplished this year, what you want to do with individually, team, this and that. And this is what we're going to do. And then the entire team lit up cigars afterwards because Max Crosby went and bought a hundred cigars and placed them in everyone's locker or had the staff put them in everyone's locker after halftime. Cause Max Crosby thought, Hey, you know, this is, you know, we're going to do this. So on Saturday, he sent people, part of the staff out to go buy uh, the cigars because we are going to celebrate because we don't have our hands tied anymore with our previous head coach. This is fun. We are going to play and we have a blank sheet of paper. We got a blank slate and we're, we are now recreating uh, our story. So yeah, uh, that played a lot into it. And there's no reason why that cannot carry forward. Will it translate into wins? We don't know. But I can guarantee you that these guys are going to play a lot looser, a lot freer, uh, a lot harder, and a lot louder because that is off their shoulders, what they've been dealing with for the last year and a half. Absolutely. And you don't want to make too much out of one game. But let's say this momentum carries on and they finish the second half of the season uh, with a winning record in, in play. I know it probably will not happen, but give if he does well, give him a serious look. I know the Raiders need a name. They 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 want they want star power in Vegas. And I, you know, and we saw what happened when they did that last time. I thought, you know, the interim coach that took over for Gruden, outside of the mess that Gruden made and the mess that the some of the players made on that team that year, the job he did, he deserved a a legitimate look which he never got. Let's see what happens because I'm looking at Pierce as the head coach right now. And what I saw is what I remember back when the Raiders fired coach, you know, the, the personality didn't mold well and it got tiresome and they made Art Shell the head coach. Mm -hmm. The team really bought in. Here's a guy that was a former player and could relate to them, was a rate, you know, it was a different culture. And I just think that we've got to look at and say now, you know, we cite all of the examples and the failures. The Belichick way, the coaching tree, somebody needs to cut that tree down. Okay. Because there's, there's been nobody on that coaching. When you, Bill O'Brien is the best coach that you had off of the Belichick uh, coaching tree. That's not saying a lot. <laughs> Let's go to the locker room uh, and the uh, the press conference afterwards. Uh, Antonio Pierce talking about getting his first win as a head coach. Butterflies. I've had it three times um, as a professional. My first game in the NFL and the Super Bowl. And then my first game as a head coach. <laughs> um, that was special. But the other part that was special is the history that we made today. Black president, female, black general manager, Champ Kelly, and then obviously myself. Um, you don't take that for granted. Um, again, humbled by the opportunity. And when you look at it, it's just something that, you know, if it goes forever, if it doesn't, you know, for that one moment, we had that opportunity. You know, if it's the next nine games or so, ever, let it be. But uh, very humbled. All right. There's Antonio Pierce uh, getting his first win as a head coach. Here's Pierce also talking about the week that it was leading up to the game. Like I said, named head coach on Tuesday night, only three real days of, of practice to get things going. Here's what it was like. To go back to our roots, how did we all get here? You know, and I said it in the press conference, you know, when you were in Pop Warner, you just had to join the love for the game. And I, I just felt like we lost that for a bit. Um, and like I told you, you came back on Thursday. If you was at practice, you would have saw it Friday, same exact thing. And then, just their focus throughout the building. I mean, obviously there's videos of the guys playing hoop, having fun, just enjoying themselves. But then when we went to the grass, it was work and business. And they understand that. But more importantly, they wanted to do it for each other. They just wanted that feeling, that joy that they're now celebrating, dancing, and having a great time in that locker room. There it is. All right. Uh, the victory yesterday. Easy work over the New York Giants. Raiders had 125 yards rushing. 334 yards, total yards, still not great, but just marked improvement. Here's Antonio Pierce talking about the keys to the win yesterday. Team effort, special teams, outstanding job in punt coverage, kickoff coverage, 
Um, we're three for three on our field goals. Offense came out the gate just physical. Downhill running, O-line, finishing runs. I mean, here's a play with Colton Miller. He, he had a defender out of bounds. I mean, and we finished both of our drives that we had early on with rushing touchdowns. And we talked about the physicality that we wanted to play with and get Josh Jacobs going. Also, what Bo was able to do with Aiden, at quarterback, very impressive. Those two guys, no sacks, no turnovers. And defensively, we talked about taking the ball away and attacking the quarterback. Eight sacks, two picks. Meek, heck of a job. Nate Hobbs, Johnny on the spot. You know, and then when you, to me, the most important part is look how those guys celebrated. You know, look what they did together as a unit. There it is. All right. Uh, new head coach, new offensive coordinator, your quarterback's coach comes in and has to call plays for the very first time. And like I said, they got it done with pace. They got it done with efficiency. And for me, not turning the ball over one time, that's the key. I mean, you are going to win a whole lot of football games when you take care of the football. Josh Jacobs had a a good game, 98 yards, only 3.8 yards per carry, but they didn't abandon the run. They, They handed him the rock 26 times to get the 98 yards. And you could just see the way, you know, like I said, I used the, the word swagger before. I, I saw that from, you know, several players yesterday. Uh, in that's infectious when you see your leaders, you know, like that. And we know the leaders on this team, obviously defensive side, it's Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, and, you know, the running back, you know, it was bad the way the season started, obviously, but he's, he's got fresh legs now. He could be a, for, a force down the stretch for the Raiders. We'll see what happens. You never want to make too much out of one game. We always say that, you know, but yesterday was the perfect storm for what we saw on the field. And let's be honest, the Giants were probably the best team to play. We talked no about question. if yeah. there, if there was a team that was as dysfunctional right now as the Raiders were, they, they met up together mm-hmm. uh, and we got the better of it. Aiden O'Connell, 16 for 25, 209 yards. Did not have a touchdown pass, but did not have a turnover either. Here is uh, Antonio Pierce talking about uh, O'Connell's game. Took care of the ball, number one. Um, did a really good job of being poised. Handled the, the tempo that we had early on. We had some alerts and checks. Did a good job with that. Um, looked totally different than the guy that, that first start. And, you know, just like any rookie, the more opportunities, the more reps, the better you get. And, more importantly, the guys around him really did a good job of protecting him and, and encouraging him and keeping his uh, chin up. All right. Uh, O'Connell, again, perfect opponent. Uh, Giants, defensively decent, offensively a mess. And then when Daniel Jones went out yesterday, he just oh, boy, here comes Tommy DeVito again. That was it. And, and you know, I'll tell you who I feel bad for is Saquon Barkley because this guy was the only offense they had. And going forward, He's the only offense they're going to have the rest of this season. Remember Tommy DeVito's stat line. We talked about it as we watched that game last week when they were playing the Jets. Uh, he had minus nine yards throwing the football. Well, he's on the positive side this time around, but he had to come in after uh, Daniel Jones unfortunately got hurt just on a straight drop back. No contact, nothing, and went down. At that point in time, you knew, okay, there's – Something wrong here. You know, is it knee? Is it, is it ankle? What is it? And then, you know, we get the word today that uh, now, uh, he's going to have season ending surgery and, and be out for, um, the rest of the year. But, uh, but Saquon Barkley still had 90 yards running the football, uh, against a very aggressive Raiders front that was prepared for the run yesterday. And the defense just swallowed him up, uh, even though, Again, you know, he, he was very productive. Uh, I feel bad for him. And then going forward for the New York Giants, what are they going to do with him? Are they going to franchise tag him? And, uh, I just don't see it getting better anytime soon for this team. They'll probably be playing with a new head coach next year and their quarterback situation is a mess. Uh, they'll be drafting high. There's a deep quarterback class, but the Giants are going to have to start all over again at the quarterback position, just like the Raiders are probably going to have to do. But like you mentioned, we'll see what happens with Antonio Pierce. We'll see what happens with Aiden O'Connell. Um, but they got eight games to to figure this out. Give Mark Davis credit for a lot of coaches were, or owners might have been stubborn 
to admit that they were wrong and write write things. Man, he he didn't. He ripped the Band-Aid off. <laughs> you know, he took hair with it, okay? Yeah. He just ripped it off and, you know, and benching, you know, the, there was three parts to that. I understood the first two. The GM and, and the coach got to go together because it's basically one and the same. But you just traded, you know, you let Derek, you ran De- Derek Carr out of town. Let's be honest, okay? You ran him out of town. You brought in Jimmy Garoppolo. You handed him a lot of money. There was questions at the beginning of the season about, the injury was he going to be okay and be ready and they had to, and that's why they waited on the official announcement with the contract and everything now you got you have egg on your face but you admitted you were wrong and that's a big step in moving forward to the giants you said they're probably going to have a new head coach how do you go from coach of the year one year to a new head coach because he was a fraudulent coach of the year i mean it was a joke that he was a There's coach other, of the year last year that was a joke he did a great job there, though. Last he year. did a good job. Look at their record but there, last there year. There's other people that I mean, could have been either. They made the playoffs. Nobody gave them any shot of making yeah, the playoffs. That doesn't year. make you coach of the year, though. You know, the coach, the coach of the year last year was Andy Reid. Did he win the Super Bowl? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, this is, this is the joke of all jokes with, with, with baseball. We talk about it. It's like, okay, we, we saw in the WNBA. We see it in every sport. It's like, well, we were expecting mediocrity, and you gave your team a chance to be better than average. Coach of the year. That is such garbage. Yeah. Uh, honestly, again, Homer, me, but I thought uh, Mike Tomlin deserved it better than he did. For you, There's probably you start, five or six guys yeah. above him. I mean, last year's Tomlin's coaching job, the first year without a Hall of Fame quarterback and everything and, yeah. and all that. He, I thought that was his best coaching job yeah. since he was even the year that he took the Steelers to the Super Bowl. I thought that was his his best. How about Nick job. Sirianni yeah. and the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, they go to the Super Bowl, right? And, and your division counterpart was below you guys yeah. is the coach of the yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. But anyway, you're looking at the Raiders. Uh, nice victory. The schedule will get tougher, even though they're facing the Jets next week. All right, Jets not much better than the Giants. But uh, we'll see how the Jets perform uh, tonight, and then it'll get a little bit tougher after that as you got to face the Chiefs and the Vikings uh, and, and the Chargers. So the schedule will get tougher. But uh, we all liked what we saw yesterday from Antonio Purse and this uh, entire Raider team. Like I said, they played with passion, they played with poise, and they played with a lot of heart and desire, and they really were had the attention to detail, and they took care of the football yesterday without committing a turnover. All right, when we come back, uh, Chuck Esposito will join us over at Red Rock like he does normally on Monday. And uh, Chuck will talk to us about uh, the betting action. Favorites covered in seven of the 11 games yesterday, which was a good sign for the betters. So we'll see... Uh, how uh, Chuck uh, felt about that, and we'll talk about him. Uh, talk with him also about the uh, college side as well on Saturday, and we'll preview tonight's game between the Jets and the Chargers. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. All right, the NFL continues tonight as the Jets. How about the Jets? They're they're one game behind the Miami Dolphins who lost to Kansas City, and they're ahead of the Buffalo Bills right now. Think about that. Look crazy, huh? Jets are taking on the Chargers tonight. Justin Herbert and company. Interesting. We'll uh, dive into that in a little preview coming up with our next guest over at Red Rock, Chuck Esposito. What a weekend, Chuck, huh? If you like close games, you like some barn burners, Pretty good football action for Saturday and Sunday, wouldn't you say? It was, T. I prefer a little bit more uh, puppies barking, but uh, <laughs> overall it was, uh, you know, some interesting games. And, uh, you know, tonight, as you mentioned, the Jets are ahead of, of the Bills, and they've got a very advantageous schedule the second half of the season. A win here puts them at 5-3. and three. A loss by the Chargers puts them at 3-5, and five. and at the bottom of the AFC West tied with the with the Broncos. So big game for both teams, but it's a Jet team, again, who got through the tough part of the schedule, has a chance to go two games above 500, and who knows if there's going to be a certain number eight that might be back at some point later in the season. But uh, kind of an interesting matchup. 
um, with a Charger defense that isn't very good and a Jets defense that keeps them in almost every game. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll get to that in a little bit. Chuck, let's recap what we saw yesterday in the NFL's uh, favorites to go 7-4. and So uh, I know it was a good day for the guests uh, pretty much, wasn't it? It was, T. I think it's, it's, it's the seven favorites that actually got there. Um, that were the big difference. Um, getting, you know, the Raiders too was a huge decision for us. We were big time giant fans yesterday. Uh, you know, new coach, new GM, kind of a, uh, a new start. I think you could just see the, the energy and feel the energy, um, at Allegiant yesterday and kind of an easy win. We were clearly Cowboy fans, needed to keep that under. It didn't happen. Needed the Seahawks against the Raven team now that is starting to look really dominant at home. And then we were Bills fans last night and, uh, the Bengals just kind of beat them up, uh, I felt, in that game. So uh, really kind of another good Sunday for the guests with the way those games kind of worked out yesterday. Let's talk about the Raiders game, Chuck. And, uh, you know, we talked a lot about this leading up to it. We knew the Raiders were going to be pumped up, revved up, fired up to go. Uh, but, again, you know, how long could that last, uh, you know, you? And how, how's it going to work, you know, with the – with a new offensive coordinator who's never called plays before, new interim head coach, but uh, they got the job done. They looked very, very impressive. And for me, like I had said earlier, uh, they took care of the ball. I mean, did not commit a turnover. First time this year they did not commit a turnover, and their quarterback did not throw an interception. So I was very impressed with the, the way the Raiders played. And uh, the Giants, of course, you know, the Giants. So it was a great spot for the Raiders. But the, the thing I want to touch on with you is, you know, that line – kept moving in favor of the Giants, it looked like, as we got closer to kickoff because it went down to one and a half. So it sounded like there was, but we know there was a lot of money on the Raiders as well, too. So tell us, you know, how that all shook out. Kind of take us to the beginning of the week, uh, you know, when, when Antonio Person was named the interim head coach. We knew McDaniels and company were gone. And then all the way up until kickoff, where that money was flowing. Yeah, early in the week, T, I mean, after that news kind of broke about the um, the coaching and GM change, the number did come down. But we clearly saw some more sharper, sophisticated play on the Raiders um, by midweek. Uh, late in the week, there was a little bit of money on the Giants that came in. But in the 24 to kind of 36 hours leading up until kickoff, it was fairly one-sided. I mean, we know being locals' properties that our guests, not only back the Raiders with their heart and their fandom, they back them with their pocketbook. And it was no different in this particular game where that was arguably our biggest decision of the afternoon, uh, needing the Giants in that game, especially straight parlays, money line, everything live for the kind of morning was going to the Eagles and Raiders. And, uh, in both cases worked out well for the guests, but a lot of Raider action came in. Um, you know, you're right about what you said. I'm not sure how long they can sustain this. But, you know, you, you had Jacobs, who had one of his better games of the year. He actually was at 100 yards rushing before his last two carries, where he lost a few yards. Hunter Renfro was more involved. Uh, O'Connell played a good game, took care of the ball. I thought defensively they played good. Um, you still didn't get Devontae Adams involved that much, but it's still a win. They're 3-4 and four right now. Uh, they still have the whole second half of the season to go. And the Chargers lose tonight. They're sitting in a good spot right behind the Chiefs. Uh, but they've got a tough game next week on primetime against the Jet team on Sunday night that is really, really good defensively. And if the Jets win tonight against the Chargers, I think this number would sit to two and a half right now. will at least tick up to a field goal for the Sunday night game. Chuck, uh, you talked about the, the late games for you, and it seems like that's been a pattern this year from all the bookmakers that I've talked to that you get those one-sided games in the afternoon. Yesterday, there was only three late games. We had the, one of our smallest cards for the, the afternoon games and two of them, you know, obviously us because of the Raiders here. And you said the Philadelphia Dallas game, you know, all everything's tied to those teams and then to carry it over to Sunday night. So I don't expect you had much action on the Indianapolis Carolina game yesterday. That was the least bet of the of the three afternoon games or the four if you include the Sunday night game. But we really were uh, extremely high on the uh, uh, Philly Dallas over. We were big time under fans there as well. And you're right. Um, the, the narrative has been or or the script has been over the last you know uh, several weeks of, of the pro football season that we really needed some late games and didn't get them. However, last week it was really flipped. 
where I think we talked about it. Uh, we went one and eight in the morning. Favorites just dominated the morning slate. And then this is, a, again, not, not yesterday, but a week ago, where we had that miracle kind of onside kick and the Cardinals, you know, get that cover against the Ravens and then had both the 49ers and Chiefs lose outright, um, which really saved the day. Um, but uh, most of the afternoon games, including that total, went the better's way. And again, that Bengal, Bengal Bill game, guys, kind of ping pong back and forth a little bit. Sharper play, though, clearly on Cincinnati, especially early in the week. And uh, they looked really good. This is a Bengal team that looks so much different than they did over the first four weeks of the season. Uh, Burrow, I think, 10, intercep- 10 touchdowns and two interceptions over his last three or four games. He looks to be getting healthy. T. Higgins is healthy. I know Chase is a little bit banged up right now. But uh, you look at that AFC, and Bengals and Ravens right now might be the two hottest teams. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock talking about yesterday's NFL action. Chuck, you mentioned the Philadelphia-Dallas game. Uh, drama down the stretch. And uh, we, we see that the Cowboys, you know, had a chance, uh, you know, for a potential backdoor cover there or at least, you know, cut the lead to three as Dak Prescott steps out of bounds with the two-point conversion. Then you had a touchdown overturned earlier in the drive before that for the Cowboys. I was curious, what side did you guys need in that game? No, we, we were clearly Cowboy fans, T. I mean, I, I talked about it. It was a, a big afternoon decision for us. If, uh, you know, we didn't get them in, somehow keep the game under would have really helped a lot. That was, I mean, he, he steps out of bounds on that play. They get the touchdown call back. But, you know, they showed an interesting graphic yesterday, guys. And when the, the Cowboys are behind, Dak Prescott is the lowest-ranked quarterback in the league. When the Eagles are behind, Jalen Hurts is the highest-ranked quarterback in the league. I think kind of enough said with that. I think the Eagles had a little bit of bulletin board material, which we chatted about last week, where Jerry Jones made that famous comment a month ago that the Super Bowl in the NFC goes through San Francisco. Granted, the Niners have now lost three straight. The only team with one loss is the Philadelphia Eagles. So for my money right now, the Eagles are the best team in football. How about the ending of the Houston Texans Tampa Bay Buccaneers game yesterday, Chuck? Now we know this, this line was two or two and a half. And I, I couldn't believe that, that, uh, Houston came, came storming back because, well, I was at the press box at Allegiant Stadium and, you know, they got the red zone on and I see the little dink and dunk. You know, coming from CJ Stroud, I'm going like, okay, well, you know, they're not getting this thing done. It's done. And then I see the final score and then my phone starts blowing up. I was going, can you believe that he went Neil Diamond at the end? And instead of, so Houston gets the, uh, the touchdown and instead of kicking the extra point, it's, it would make it 40 to 37. Everybody kicks the extra point, but he decides to go ahead. And, 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 and take a knee instead of going for the two point conversion. I know their kicker was injured. Grant, I get that, but you don't see a, a, a quarterback take a knee when you still have six seconds to go. You're going to get at least one playoff. You could have a pass interference. You could have something. You at least attempt to, to go for the two point conversion and be up by four, but it just seemed very, very strange. Especially, you know, like myself, I didn't get a chance to see it. So, Chuck, if you did see that, kind of talk about that and, and the result. You had to have people going crazy on, on both sides of betting this game. Yeah, I mean, I know Fairburn was hurt, and I get it. You know, they, they had gone for two-point conversions a couple of times earlier. They did kick uh, and, and, and were successful on their, their extra point after that. But uh, I was surprised they didn't at least run the play. I mean, uh, being up by four over two, um, I, I know there's only six seconds to go in the game, but we've seen goofy things happen before. I was really surprised from our side. We kind of talked about it that just took a knee. You could really kind of protect the ball, and, and hopefully maybe Stroud could do something. He's a, he's a big quarterback like Hurts. Um, to get up by four. But, you know, first for me, guys, it's what a phenomenal game uh, Stroud plays. When you look at quarterbacks with 470-plus yards, um, it's, I mean, he's in some elite company with guys that have done that, and he's a rookie. Uh, I think if you're the Carolina Panthers right now, uh, when your quarterback threw more, more touchdown passes to the opposition yesterday than he did to his own team, I think you're, if you could redraft right now, if they did a redraft right now, my guess is the consensus number one pick would be C.J. Stroud. Yeah, that was an incredible game. And I could 
understand them not kicking the extra point because of the injury. Correct. Because the only way they could have blocked the extra point maybe in Ramback. But you're right. on to play. I agree with you. Here we go yeah, again. Playing right. not to lose again. Just, I mean, just these teams. Just you're, you're, you're so fearful. You you don't play that way. You don't play that way for, for 59 well, I think, you minutes know, plus. Kicking, it's crazy. It, could get, it could get blocked. You're not, you know, the guy kicking the extra point isn't their kicker. Um, goofy stuff could happen. And if it gets returned, it, it's points uh, for that team. But not running. Um, you could have run a conservative play with right. the same kind of mindset that it's almost a kneel down, but it's a really conservative running play. But you have a big quarterback who I think could kind of push the pile, is, is you know, in that kind of Jalen Hurts type mold. And I was surprised they just took a knee. No question. Let me tell you this, guys, too. Here's another thing. Every team, okay, has at least two guys that can kick an extra point. Okay. And they practice this stuff. There's, okay, because you're, you're only, um, suiting up one kicker. Okay. You're not suiting up two kickers. So you always have somebody that you go, okay, if something happens, who is our guy? You know, somebody kicked in high school, did something. And these guys, there's at least two guys on this team are ready for these situations. And in a situation like that, you're asking them to kick a, a, a 33 yard field goal. Believe it or not, there's a lot of people that can do that. But like Chuck said, you at least run the play and go for two. You don't go Neil Diamond. I mean, give me a break. He did go. But, you know, it's funny, but you think it's easy to kick the extra point. I went to the college football Hall of Fame in Atlanta a few years ago. And they have, you know, all kinds of interactive stuff that is so cool. And, you know, if anybody has a chance to go there, I highly recommend it. One of the things they have is to kick <laughs> like a 20 yard field goal. And I think I watched a hundred guys miss, including myself. <laughs> Chuck, it, these guys are NFL. I can easy. tell you, I can tell you though, Chuck, I, I, I've been in enough practice. I can tell you though, Chuck, every punter is also kicked as well too. So that's why the punter usually is the guy that can drill an extra it, it point. It was not though. I, it was not for the Texans. I don't believe it was yeah. the running back. He played soccer. He, that's right. That his, right, right. That was his background. And he yeah. hit, he hit a 29 yard field goal right. that, that actually did. put them up. My point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it just, it's, it's, it's weird. I mean, it's, it's just, it, you know, weird. yep. <laughs> but it is not as easy as it looks, guys. I, I, you know, I thought it was easy too. And, uh, you know, I played sports. I'm like, I'm going to drill this. And, uh, I think I hit somebody in the head. It was standing there next to me. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you probably had, you know, three or four, uh, you know, Budweiser's in your system or something too. <laughs> You're just, you know. No comment. D, no comment. D. All right, man. So tonight, uh, you mentioned with the chargers are a three and a half point uh, choice against the jets. Marco, who do you like in this game? I when it got to three and a half, I grabbed the Jets. Mm -hmm. I I just you know you got the better defense getting points at home in a prime time game. I realize the Chargers' offense is you know explosive, but this is one of the best defenses they faced, mm -hmm. and we've talked about it all along. The Jets' defense is a Super Bowl caliber defense. It's it's the yeah. offense that's been the problem, and so, you know the last month. Zach Wilson has shown up on some of these primetime games. I mean, he played well in the loss to Kansas City. Last week, as you said on last Monday, uh, we set football back like 30 years <laughs> oh, yeah. with the Giants-Jets game. That was terrible. But I, I like taking yeah. a team that, that wins ugly because nobody wants them I, yeah. the, the following week. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it'll be an interesting game, to say the least. Which way is the money going here, Chuck? hard to say because unfortunately there is liability from yesterday um to both sides just because the bet the the guest did so well um worst case for us is the chargers and over best case would be the jets winning the game guys but but i kind of agree with mark i think when when you look at the jets team and you look at who they've shut down as far as quarterbacks this year um, I know that say Robert Sala said he embarrassed you know every quarterback this year and I thought it was you know a little pompous to say that and I think afterward he kind of backtracked a little bit and said he probably shouldn't have used those words but he's kind of right I mean they really have dominated I think in Brandon Staley's case um, if the Chargers can find a way to lose they're gonna find it and they're going up against a really good defense tonight I think Brees Hall and I think Garrett Wilson are going to have opportunities against this Charger defense that's ranked in the back half and every game now, with I mean, you think about the AFC East, Dolphins lost. Granted, they played the Chiefs. Bills lost. Granted, they played the Bengals. 
Patriots lost. That was a home loss to the Commanders. But this is a huge game for the Jets to really get back into it. As I mentioned earlier, very favorable schedule uh, the last uh, the latter part of the season. And who knows? They just showed you know number eight walking into the stadium tonight. There wasn't a whole lot of a limp there, so I don't know if it's possible that he comes back beforehand, and we know what the the normal time away from the game is with that type of injury, but this is a Jet team because of that Super Bowl caliber defense. If they could go on a little bit of a roll, get some continuity offensively, beat up some of these teams they're supposed to win, it's going to get awfully interesting in the AFC East, guys. All right, Chuck, today we have an anniversary. And I think that you can relate to this anniversary. I want you to go back, Chuck, in your way back machine, okay? And I want you to look back to November 6th, 1993. What were you doing, Chuck? Where were you at on November 6th, 1993? <laughs> I was working at the Las Vegas Hilton Superbook. Uh, okay, well, you were close, okay? Because I was going to say that I thought you might be in the same spot that I was at. Because that was the night at Caesar's Palace, my friend, Riddick Bowie Vander Holyfield. And you know what happened that night? I do. Fan man. The fan man. There it is. Right there. Fan man flew right over to my left, over my left shoulder, probably about uh, 30 feet above me. Boom. There he is in the ring. And I know Chucky spent, uh, you know, time at Caesar's. So I wasn't sure if you were at Caesar's yet or that came later, but uh, I, I know you could appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I started working there a little bit later than that. It was uh, it was in two thousand, but uh, but yeah, it's um, uh, when you, when you think about it, I, I thought when he first flew over that you probably had ordered a pizza or something <laughs> and you were getting it delivered because the only guy I know that thinks about food more than sports is you. So I mean, I would have made that the favorite, but uh, it it was quite the spectacle, that's for sure. I cannot argue with this man at all. There's no debate. You know, you're right, Chuck. But that's Chuck, it. would it have been comped? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's no other way. Come on, there's no, no Chuck, other of way. There it is. No other way. Uh, all right, my friend. We will. Uh, we'll let you get back to work. Okay, over there at Red Rock with your fantastic crew. Uh, enjoy some football tonight, and uh, another big week uh, coming your way with uh, the Golden Knights. We got hockey. Got NBA. College basketball is here. Rebels. Yep. Rebels. A lot of good stuff, guys. Good stuff, man. All right. We'll talk to you next week, Chuck. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, boys. Enjoy the game. There it is. All right. You guys. See, now now you're rubbing off on Chuck. I mean, Chuck's bringing up the food now, too. Everybody's taking those little shots. I love it. Mm. Mm. I started something, didn't I? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you did. TC. We'll get to you next hour, my friend. (laughs) We'll get to you next hour. No doubt. All right, we come back. We'll recap all of the action from yesterday in the NFL, college football as well. Plus, we got some baseball managerial hirings today. Some interesting stuff with that. All right, we got it. On a magnificent Monday as we count the Benjamins. (laughs) 